Hello guys, this is Chuko Underground. My name is Javier Martinez. Follow me on Instagram, username.human. And also Chuko Underground. Chuko with an X, X-U-C-O, Underground. My friend told me the name didn't make sense. It's alright, I don't know. Do you guys like the name? Shoot me an email, chukounderground at gmail.com. Also, let me know what you guys think about the podcast. Should we continue doing this? Uh, I want to have some more guest hosts. So if you want to interview one of your favorite local artists or local bands, please let me know. Go to Facebook or check out chukounderground at gmail.com. I used to have chukounderground.com, but I lost the domain because I'm poor. And uh, the bill came around. They pulled the money out of my account. There's no money there, so whatever. Sorry, guys. No chukounderground.com. But you can still find us on Facebook and Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. To be honest, we didn't get any traffic at the actual website. Everybody uses Facebook and other social media. So, we have Animal Soul, and we also have Brett Powers on this episode. pretty good episode so Animal Soul is going to be playing this weekend at the Neon Desert Music Festival along with a bunch of other local bands and you know headliners like Deftones my personal favorite I will not be attending the festival because I'll be out in the mountains doing mountain stuff camping so yeah but in July there's going to be another music festival um, July 9th going to be called the Lights Out Music Festival at the Buchanan's Event Center. It's on the east side. So, you know, getting some love on the east side, I guess. Buchanan's Event Center. So you can buy tickets online at um, lightsoutmusicfestival.com. The pre-sale is going to be $12 plus tax and at the door $15 plus tax. There's going to be artists and food trucks and vendors, local bands. The lineup is is pretty cool. There's bands uh, like Riboflavin and Fixed Idea. Deluda Means Kindness. You know, friends of the show. Uh, Theory Room, Killing the Do, Slur. Stan Z is going to be there. The other half. Uh, Fixed Idea, Great Shapes. The list goes on. It's going to be a 12-hour event. So it's all day long. Lightsoutmusicfestival.com. Make sure you check it out. Um... So I had my friend Damian Gonzalez, he plays in a band called Coyote Blue. Before that, he was known as the Gray Area, the singer-songwriter here, very talented guy, I like him. Um, Not just because he's my friend, I liked him before he was my friend, his music. Uh, (laughs) So I asked him to come down and do the interview with Animal Soul, just because, you know, I want to have people interview other bands, I can't be doing it all the time. And then also we have Brett Powers, who is going to be interviewed by, uh, you know, Diego Martinez and Victor Soto of Los Visionaries later on. So right now you're listening to King Cobra by Animal Soul.
Uh, my name is Damien Gonzalez, a um, guitar player and bells kit player for Coyote Blue. Uh, also a um, local music enthusiast for, <laughs> for El Paso. Um, and we're here with Animal Soul. Uh, would you guys introduce yourselves? What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Jordan from Animal Soul. Uh, I sing and play guitar. I'm Alan. I play the bass. I'm Ivan. I play guitar. And I'm Valente. I play the drums. Awesome. So before we start, I want to say I Wikipedia Animal Soul. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you've ever. <laughs> nice. I don't know if you've ever looked at it. This is what it says in the description. It says in Kabbalah, the animal soul is one of the two souls of a Jew. It is the soul that gives life to the physical body and is the source of animalistic desires as well as innate characteristics such as kindness and compassion. Although its initial desire is to seek out worldly physical pleasures, it can be trained to desire spiritual pleasures instead through the, divinance, through the guidance of the divine soul. Nice. Now, I have to ask nice. you, like, how many, like, how much of that... That's actually, we, we, minus, I mean... <clears throat> minus the Jewish part. Yeah. We, not, we're not specific <laughs> We that's that. The, that was kind of the uh, base idea that, like, kind of stood out to us about the name the most is... I, well, I took an interest in philosophy class, and then okay. throughout that term, we, like, Googled it, and I thought it was, like, the meaning behind it was really cool, you know? So you guys knew this before before choosing the name, like, you thought it was cool, or... Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Without getting too deep, it's, like, an Aristotle thing, but, like, we were just hanging out one day, and, like, we had all these names before that sucked. Okay. And Valentin threw that one out there, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> that one feels right. Yeah, we're all about pleasure. <laughs> all right, right on. Right on. Well, how, how long have you guys been making music together? Yeah. Well, Face- Facebook says Facebook says uh, you guys have been a band since 2015. Yes. Yeah. 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 All of us together. So, yeah, this band started like what early, early, early 2015. So we're like just over a year, almost to a year and a half now. Okay. Right on. Yeah. But uh, we've been playing since. I mean, obviously, me, Alan, and Ivan are brothers. So Ivan actually taught me how to play the drums, and. Alan also learned the bass from Ivan. Yeah, and we just kind of kept with it, like, through school and stuff like that, band, orchestra, all that stuff. So, like, I think the three of us have been at it, like, constantly all the time since we were kids. I, like, started playing basketball at some point in middle school and, like, <laughs> fell off. But then once I met Jordan and everybody, like, we all got back into it together and stuff. How you know? uh, how far apart are, are you brothers in age? Um, I'm the oldest out of us, and I'm nine years older than Alan. Yeah, and Balantis is three and a half years younger than I am. So I'd be 13 years younger than Ivan. Wow. (laughs) 13 years in between you. So you guys have been playing music for pretty much your entire lives then. Pretty much, man, yeah. That's really cool. So... Uh, adopted stepchild. <laughs> over, we just <laughs> decided to pull Jordan out did, of the basement one day. How did you? How did you get to? Well, um, don't say Craigslist because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> male seeking males for music encounters. Um, <laughs> nah, I started playing guitar. Kind of like when I was ten years old, my dad bought me one. I really wasn't too into it because, mm-hmm. like. I just kind of had to learn by myself, um, so it took me like a, a long time to get into it. And I just played throughout high school, and I was in a band with the other guy in Animal Soul. His name is Frank, but he's not here right now, so you don't have to think about him. Hey, he's so a rest- <laughs> but, but you guys, you know, you guys were telling me before the interview started that you uh, you were actually adding a new member. Yeah, mm-hmm. two animal yeah. soul, and that's that's him. That's Frank. Yeah, it's yeah. Frank. So Frank and I have been playing music together since we were like thirteen. Like we've been playing, in we played in a metal band, <laughs> like our very first band, and then we had like a cool, cool, more with the times indie alternative rock band in high school, and then our drummer Scott left, and he introduced us to Valente, who was in drumline with him, and he was like, you guys need to drum with him, or have him drum for you guys, because I'm leaving to the Air Force, Oh, so okay. that's okay. when we started playing with Valente, and then uh, that band just, it went on for a couple of years, and then Alan... Oh, oh yeah, I had, a, like I had a storyline. Seriously, right longest story ever. I had a brief stint. Out, I haven't lived out in California for like six, seven years, and I went out there and lived with him for a year, and so I played in a band with him out there. <clears throat> and then that project was over, so me and him came back home and like almost immediately picked up with with uh, Jordan and Valente. So. Which all joined forces at the end. Yeah, yeah, we finally wound up together. 
That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. So you guys feel like you ha- you're pretty comfortable with each other musically at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. You guys have your own, you know, distinct sound. That's that's really cool. That's uh, that's honestly really cool. Um, so what about your first show? Where was your first show? Is Animal Soul? Do you guys remember? Yeah, the Dream Chasers Club. Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. their their grand opening. opening. Dream Club. We played it. Yeah. April of tight. last year, April t- of 2015. Yeah. April of 2015. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty cool. full. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. So you guys have a pretty big following. I notice you have around like almost 800 uh, likes on Facebook so far. It's been a, Not that that's yeah. you know relevant or anything, but you guys. Have a- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just jealous because I haven't got past 200 yet. So. <laughs> Just keep at it, dude. But you guys have a pretty good following. You know, uh, you ask you know a lot of people around here who Animal Soul is, and they'll be like, "Yeah, I know those guys." You know, they're they're, they're oh, guys. So, we didn't man. know that. That's <laughs> very exciting. Really cool. Have Thank you ever been you. recognized anywhere, like out on the street? As actually, yeah, one time at school, and I had just told him it very recently at the end of uh, my semester. This guy just like named Vin Vinny or something. I think that was his name. Vin, shout out to Vin if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, he just straight up recognized me. He's like, "Dude, you play in that band Animal Soul? Like, I go to all your shows and like." And I was, I mean, <laughs> we're all just, people from El Paso. We're just like, it's cool to like have that experience. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. I, I hope that, I mean, we're pretty proud of having like, even though it's somewhat of a small number following, we'd like to think that it's all organic. And every right, one of the right. people that likes our page is actually listening to what we're doing and right. checking us yeah, out. Yeah, that matters more than, you know, really anything well, else. Definitely. Fake yeah, FB likes. You guys, you, guys, uh, you guys go on tour? We did. Ooh, we did. Le- yeah. We you year. had before. Last year. No, this, no, this year. year. Oh man, my bad. Where yeah. was where was your first tour to? Very first was like a a tour show. We went to Marfa. Oh, oh yes, yeah. I remember that. Dude, I forgot. Yeah, about that. yeah we I went to Marfa. Not, I didn't go. I would have gone. I wanted to. Oh, you should have come. I could have sworn you were awesome, there, man. Man, man I I missed out on so much. Actually, I remember uh, the West Coast Convoy. Yes, yeah, uh, on that, that was one. the second tour. That's California. Yeah, with a kilo and the dew in the other half. Yeah, yeah. Me and my brother, we were actually on our way. We would have gone. It was a, it was a crazy. We would have gone to that tour, but we were actually uh, on our way to Houston. Uh, we auditioned for The Voice. Me, and, oh, no <laughs> yeah, way. me and him did. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, we we didn't really have any money, so we just uh, you know got drunk and slept in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you know the entire time which is great because you know with enough alcohol you can sleep anywhere <laughs> so, so obviously you know we're here and we're doing this interview together so i'm not current you know i didn't get chosen or selected so <laughs> but, but everything works out everything works out um but speaking of that one uh, you guys had an ep before that tour no we didn't you didn't you just and, had a release party actually in march yes why don't you tell us a little bit about that how was that through it at Tricky Falls um, we I don't think we played anything really for like a month or a month and a half mm-hmm. before it just trying to like just so people you know wouldn't go to one of the shows before and then be like oh no I already saw those guys so we tried to get like as many people there right and right, right. we printed out our EPs like all by ourselves and everything uh, shout out to to Reggie for like Reggie from the Electric Social and Deluda for like guiding us on how nice. to like cut our EPs and like burn yeah. all the CDs and everything. Who Choose. was uh, who who helped out a lot with the recording for that one? Uh, we we oh, did everything. Else. You guys produced yourselves. Yeah, we did everything. Yeah. Wow, that is that's impressive. Actually working till the very last minute. Yeah, <laughs> we straight up burned the CDs the day of because we had finished <laughs> oh, really? the final mixes. Yeah. yeah, they were still hot when they, yeah. <laughs> oh, it was <laughs> very hot. Uh, a tricky falls on it. Cool, yeah. man. Cool. But yeah, we were fortunate enough to be able to give away like every copy that we burned. Um, well, I mean, it was only like 75 of them, but like at the end of the night, there weren't any left, which is pretty cool. So yeah. Okay, so each one of you, um, what's your favorite track off the EP? <sighs> song 4, which is actually Song 3. <laughs> but yeah, it's a track called Song 4 that's definitely my favorite one, and I think it might have been the last one that we wrote. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that one definitely just uh, kind of came together really quickly in the matter of like a night, and me and Jordan were just like, trying to record vocals over and over again but that one for sure has the coolest atmosphere to me and i i've always liked that one right on um my favorite is the last one it's called i want um i just really like the the whole feel of the drums and and the the atmospheric guitars to it um the whole feel of that song to me is 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 the favorite out of the whole ep yeah man um 
I have, I probably, it's hard for me to pick a favorite, but I'm probably the most attached to that one also, just because it's like the oldest one that we have. Like, mm-hmm. we've literally, like, when me and Ivan were living in California, Jordan Malanta came out to visit one summer, and like, this was like four years ago now, right? Or like something like that, three, four three. years ago? Three years ago? <clears throat> yeah, so it being that old and us still really like liking the song enough to play it and stuff, show it to people. I think that's yeah, what it's, it's like changed so much though. Yeah, everything really has. And I'm gonna have to be a conformist and also say that that song is my favorite. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, just really. Um, when they showed it to me when I first went out to California, I was like, "Damn, this is awesome! This is fucking cool!" <laughs> because Valente and I, before that, we played like nothing but like like emotional indie rock. <laughs> so like, this was like some badass hip hop beat and like cool guitars and everything and i was like yeah that's fucking sick and to see that song like come so far and turn into what it is now like it's pretty cool yeah one word that i've heard uh from you guys say a lot and what's thrown around a lot when i you know hear everybody else talk about animal soul is atmospheric really yeah that's cool yeah so i mean what i mean was that something you guys had intended or was that just something that kind of spawned out when you guys were playing together that was just something that came out of it yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, you just played with a lot of reverb. Yeah. And, yeah. Real hard on for <laughs> you guys have a vision for what you wanted to sound like when you got together, or? I think. So. Well, I don't think we necessarily like planned it out, and I don't think that's something you can plan out. But I think when we kind of uh, settled into playing with each other and figured out what music sounded like when we all did it together, it was easier to shape the direction in which it went. But I think we listen to very atmospheric music and the kind of influences that we take from like. There's certain sounds that sound really cool to us, mm-hmm. and I guess atmospheric is the word to describe it. Well, who yeah. would you say your biggest influences are as, as a band, really? <clears throat> so many. Oh, man, so we're many. always listening to so much and such different music that it's hard to, like, agree on one. But um, I, I've, from the beginning till now, I feel like a lot of the people that we've all listened to, because we're all such different people, and everybody is, like, listens to whatever they want now you know okay. what I mean? everybody has such a different taste of music uh, i think we all have really like listened to kendrick lamar a lot the neighborhood i think we've all listened to quite a bit since we started um but before that man we all have a bunch of different like influences ourselves like what's in your what's in your cd player right now if you have a CD player, I still believe in CDs. <laughs> I I, swear, I own one CD. It's Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> Straight up. Um, but I think we all grew up with different, different likings. Like for instance, Jordan was a metalhead. I was. Yeah. I was. It was all about that. I actually. Oh, sorry, not to cut you off or anything. It was but okay. Good. It's just uh, I kind of grew up listening to more of like poppy things and sort of Dallin and we kind of like loved the all-american rejects in middle middle school and stuff like that so i think it's different man we all i mean came from different places but you guys are far far enough apart in age to you know have different preferences and everything oh yeah 90s yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. so okay. me, me and my me and my brother are 10 years apart if you know oh really, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so you know what it's like man yeah 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 caleb caleb he's a he's a great musician he's just into way different you know yeah you know stuff than than i was growing up but yeah, so I, I definitely get you guys there. <laughs> yeah. But it's cool. You guys come together. You make a great sound. That's, that's, thank you, man. That's thank badass. You, thank you, dude. So um, coming up here pretty soon, Neon Desert 2016. Woo! Oh, yeah. You guys, uh, first time playing Neon Desert. Yes. It, it has to be an exciting experience for you. It has. I can't imagine. It is, man. Like Shaking Valente, my boots. Frank and I were telling ourselves, next year we're going to be on Neon Desert, like every year when we were a band. So <laughs> yeah. It's taken a couple of years, but this year is actually true. It doesn't even seem real, honestly. Like, How did that come about? How did, how did you, uh, you land that? Okay. Straight up props to Electric Social, I yeah, have to say. Yeah, Just, for sure. I think since we, since we joined Electric Social... Um, we've just been extremely accessible to everyone, and Christian is just the man as far as it comes to music in El Paso. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, man, that dude does everything and anything he can for like everybody. Yeah, who he's a busy wants, guy. Yeah, who yeah, wants to really contribute? Yeah, man, he's a dude. So he just, he just gave us a platform to at least prove ourselves to some venues. We we've at least packed a few shows, and I think shown people that we have something that people want to listen to. So did you come to him and ask about it, or was it just something that was just like, uh, hey? I, I think we like nudged him or maybe yeah, like hinted at, hit at the topic but like straight up one day got like an like an email or a message and it was just like hey give us your info because we need to give it to neon desert and we were just like oh my god yeah, yeah. Jesus <laughs> yeah, man. are you guys gonna play any uh 
previously unreleased tracks. Oh, I wish the at, at the festival or. Uh, it's it's hard because we brought a new member in, and so he's already got to learn like five brand new right, songs right, like, yeah, for him. Playing so. catch up. Yeah, we really just can he to do focus that before he, before he, Neon? He it's it's he coming has. up here pretty can, soon. Yeah. I think we are. It's already. Uh, it's so twenty second is like a sixty. <laughs> 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 sounded pretty good yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. He's yeah. he's been doing pretty. He's doing really good, man. Um, we I think we try to make every show as different as we can from the last one, like any way that we can. So it's never the same thing twice. But as far as like new music, man, that's that's what we. As soon as we like finish, we're, we're only gonna play a handful of shows over the summer. So once we're done with that, we're gonna like. I mean, we've already like. As soon as we finished with like the EP, we started writing new stuff like immediately. You know what I mean? So, as soon as we can get new stuff, like coming out. I think right now we just want to try to promote what we just released as much as we can. So. Yeah. Right on. Right on. Yeah. It's been featured in a lot of blogs all over the internet. Oh yeah. So man. it's actually gotten some traction online. Uh, it's just pretty cool. That's yes. exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. So after Neon, you guys have any uh, tours coming up? Are you planning anything? It's been. No. Um, we're not really. I mean, we definitely want to go on tour, but we also, uh, one of our goals before the year is over is to release part two of the EP. So I think we're going to probably buckle down and, and focus on writing and, and recording that uh, so that we're not playing crunch time with the second part like we did with the first one. Yeah. I mean, we, we definitely would love to go on tour, but it's, it takes a, lot, a little bit of planning. Yeah, man. If you ask me, we would go right now and never come back. <laughs> Seriously. You know I, mean? Honestly, I feel the same way. Let's fucking pack up right now. Let's do it. <laughs> Your first uh, tour experience, was it inspiring at all? Was... It was awesome, dude. Is the it... first night I got so <laughs> fucked up. It was so... <laughs> I was hung over all the next day. It was half of the trip, dude. Was asleep. Yeah, no, it was sad, man. Like we did not wake up. Okay, the first night got sloshed. The next morning was just the least optimism in the tour because we were just all like shitty. Like, ended up in a guitar center at San Diego. Like, what are we gonna do? And then after that, dude, our boy Kevin Mankins, which is friends with Kilo and the dude, straight up took us in, man, and we just chilled like kings the rest of that tour so yeah I, I, I got pretty fucked up in san francisco and got kicked out of the bar <laughs> oh man yes. wow oh, was it really it was that bad? bad yeah it was pretty bad it was yeah. definitely a learning experience yeah we had anything, a great time man. though yeah it was it cool was fucking awesome what was your favorite uh your fit your favorite show on tour what, where did you play that was your favorite uh, coffee shop in san diego yeah i was yeah. gonna say the same. what made it that way was it the atmosphere or did you just guys feel like that was you performed the best that I think everybody was really happy to be there that day, and everybody was a lot of fun. Like, the other half and Keelan and the dude, everybody was just in good spirits. And then, like, the coffee, it was like a, a little theater-type room yeah. right next to a big coffee shop. There were a lot of hipster kids in there, and it was just, everyone was really nice. It was just a cool time, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, everyone was super nice. We straight up, like, had, a like, a gang of CDs that we straight up ended up giving out. And that was the furthest point away from El Paso that you were on the tour, right? No, San no. Francisco. Yeah. yeah, we went up to San Francisco. All over to San Francisco, neck down. of the woods. Yeah. How how did it feel to play so far away from from your home city? It was cool, man. It was. It was really cool. I think that one was the toughest though because we straight up made like the day drive there, and as soon as the show was over, we drove back to LA yeah. and we got there in like at seven in the morning. So we yeah, were I heard all just that. tired as shit. Heard it was a lot. I, mean, so. I think the show that we played in LA was pretty cool too. Uh, uh, we played in Echo so Park. Yeah. The yeah. second show because we had two shows in LA that oh, day. That's right. But uh, the second show was there was a lot of people there and and it was fun to be in in oh, LA. Yeah, again. yeah. How'd you it's feel about Arizona? I know. Uh, did did didn't uh, Snailmate find you guys Snail in Arizona? Mate. Yeah, they they played with us. Yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're so nice. They're, they're, not they're very, very nice, nice people, people, but yeah, yeah they they were really really different. I remember I saw them uh, when you guys came back. They were at Bowie Feathers. They played there. They are out there, dude. They are. But they've got their followers. They, yeah, they have, they have a base, a fan base. But. Yeah, when we went out there, they definitely had like the first show. They had a, a good amount of people there watching them. Just. They knew everything, and every sign. It's like, how do you understand? <laughs> Sorry, Snailmate, if you ever hear this. You guys are great people. <laughs> Just kidding. Great but people. yeah, Arizona was cool. It was Tucson, so it was like less cool El Paso. <laughs> know, man. It was like, a little bit sketchier. Yeah, we had. I have like a friend up there that. It was Tempe. Yeah. Oh, oh that's Tempe. right. That's right. That's right. Sorry. I had a friend up there that at least showed us a little bit of like frat house hospitality. 
Oh, that was, yeah. That was Frat house hospitality. You you have to elaborate on that Eastern, one. What okay, does so, that mean? like, <laughs> we, I don't, did we play a second time? Yeah, that we was played, way back. Yeah, but not till yeah. we came through. So, though. the second time we played in Tempe, after the show, we all went to my friend Diego's frat house and straight up smoked some weed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, met some interesting people. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna actually go ahead and uh, wrap this up here in a little bit. Before before I let you guys go, I just want to ask you, you know, just for anybody who might be hearing this right now who has never seen you before or hasn't been to one of your shows, where could we be able to find your music? Where are we able to buy an EP if we really liked it or any kind of merch? Um, pretty much anywhere on the internet. We have we have a website, um, animalsoulband.com. Uh, you mm. can listen to the whole EP there. Um, it'll also link you to our uh, artist pages on like CD Baby where you can buy the EP or you can straight up listen to it for free and download it for free on SoundCloud if you want to and also on Spotify. It's um, on iTunes also. Yeah, it's on iTunes, Apple Music, Apple Music Google Play, Google Play Music. Awesome, I don't awesome. Even, yeah. every, every online stream. Yeah, yeah, if you Google Animal Soul Band, you will find us. Cool. Yeah. And next show is Neon Desert, right? Yes. Neon Desert. Awesome. And then what else we got? Oh, AG. Neon Desert, we play at 745. Yeah, 745 on, on Sunday. Sunday. 745 on Sunday, Neon Desert, then 2016. Catch us at the Lights Out Festival, Buchanan's Event Center. Oh, yeah, that's going to be in July. We're going to awesome. be playing that. Awesome. And then also June 10th, we're going to be playing at Bowie Feathers with Deludamine's Kindness and also Lavelle Jones and Josh Brown of Rare Individuals. Woo! Awesome. Yeah, well, man. This has been Chuko Underground with Animal Soul. Um, my name is Damien. It's a pleasure to have you guys on here. Thank you. Thanks, Damien. You Love guys you. have a great night. Thank you, too. You too, man. Thank you.
Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome to Chuko Underground, another episode. I know we took a little vacation, but uh, we want to welcome y'all back. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, just a little update. I guess we've been doing a couple little shows at the Purple Pop-Up Gallery uh, downtown on uh, Mesa and Mills for anybody who hasn't uh seen the the gallery yet you guys should hit it up at the next show San also, uh, plaza is now open oh, yeah. so you guys gotta go check that out yeah so um, jacinto and uh, kofi coffee on uh cincinnati street across from uh, utep we also have a uh, work from me victor and uh, erica yeah yeah and that that was a really cool show uh shout out to, to adriana and uh you know, just the whole poet, poet society out here for for collaborating with us on that project. Uh, what we did was we we linked up with them and explained our projects to a few poets, and they wrote a poem about you know the selected piece that they selected, and uh, it was a really cool experience. So hopefully we get to collaborate with them a little bit more. And the pieces are still up if you guys want to check them out. Um, uh, shout out to June 2nd coming up. Uh, we're, we're also going to have an art talk at uh, the Hell Marcus Gallery. Me and Victor, Eric, uh, Mike Lopez, um, Edgar Lopez as well, and Joy Delgado. Um, if you want to come by and check that out, that'll be at the Hell Marcus Gallery. Shout yeah. out to Hell. Um, so also, uh, <clears throat> Mike Lopez and Erica Terrazas came out on the news with Hell Marcus uh, for the 2020 Visionary Show. So. Uh, I know there's some footage out there as well if you want to peep that. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I guess without further ado. Anks, last, last, oh, yeah. to say the least, Anks is on Skin That's Wars true. right now. Uh, it's, a G, it's on GSN every Wednesday. starts at 8 p.m. Uh, you can catch Anks body painting and competing. Uh, so, yeah, you might want to tune into that. Um, yeah, every Thursday, I think, right? So yeah, and, and we just, <clears throat> I know these these cats just wrapped up a uh, sun. Uh, the beer fest and we and uh, what is fest as yeah, well yeah that's right yeah yesterday uh was beer fest and we we're able to attend and have a little pop-up gallery with some walls so thanks for everyone who who showed up uh today we're at that what is fest with inks he's doing some henna tattoo and delgado and uh all of us we went out there and had some shirts for sale so shout out to andrew Bur uh, barajona for uh for having a uh, create and explore also a uh, shout out to the pizza joint to uh for hooking it up um yeah, well, el passion had yeah, a dope show dope last show. night here the setup was really sick they're doing their thing and um i think pizza joint oh yeah. pizza joint five year anniversary <laughs> shirt we're doing the we're doing the window art for them right now uh I am so shout out to them and uh, best pizza in town. Cool, and without further ado, I think we need to introduce the man of the hour today, the man with the power today, Mr. Yeah. Brett Powers, I believe. Mr. Brett Powers, right? Yeah. So, uh, what's up, man? How are you? I, I've met you, you know, not too long ago, but um, I don't know, man. Introduce yourself, I guess. My name's Victor. How are you? As if this hey, was the Victor. first time. What's going yes. on, man? Uh, hell, Satan, uh, everybody. And welcome to the show. To Thank me you. and to you. Thank you, man. Uh, Appreciate it. We welcome you, too. Actually, this is your hut, so thank you for the welcome. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate uh, that. Oh, yeah, so uh, Brett also. We all share studio space yeah. up in here. And uh, it's pretty cool since you guys moved in. Uh, I've been alone upstairs at the glass box for a while, and now I've got you guys to hang out with. I get to hear some music that's not mine occasionally, and you bring some chicks up in here, and it's kind of cool. So, yes. Uh, welcome to the glass box. Thank you for having us uh, here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Now, so coming to the glass box and I was here for the first time, I, I bumped into you and um, you were uh, cleaning up your studio area and uh, showing me around and kind of gave me that <clears throat> welcoming here to glass box. And 
you know, you were you're pretty cool, man. I don't know how you ended up here, though. I mean, how did you how did you end up at Glassbox? I've known about Glassbox for years when it was over on Texas and Cotton in the old building that's still on Google Maps. Everybody keeps going to that when we have shows here. We got to fix that shit. But um, anyways, when I first got here, my friend Sarah Hummingbird told me that Chris Bevins had gotten a new spot and he needed help like cleaning it and all sorts of stuff and i contacted him but i kind of flaked out i was like really busy with my really awesome job washing dishes and uh yeah i was super burnt out and then i did not have a bike or a car or anything so it was a little out of the way and then were you washing dishes at at tom's folk cafe what was the how was that was it cool Uh, local right yeah, it was a cool place. They had great food, and I liked all the employees and stuff like that. I just hated being a dishwasher. You're, you know, at my age, you know, it's kind of sad. You're kind of well. You're known now for kind of going and doing chalkboard now, different businesses, right? Yeah. Where Where are some of the places you do uh, chalkboard art at? Uh, I've done Pizza Joint, Frozert, uh, Nitro Box. It's like a frozen ice cream place. They freeze it with liquid nitrogen or something like that, like real quick. Uh, it's pretty cool. Then uh, what else? Like, you also uh, know Monarch. That, yeah, I, Monarch. I do that every week, and they pay me in drinks. So I'm a good drink there, and uh, they have great coffee. So I get to go do my coffee cafe type thing there, and uh, there's a couple other places I'm forgetting. I don't know. I don't really the chalkboard stuff. You know, make some money off it, but it's not what I'm enthusiastic about. I guess. And you also do uh, sketches, right? Um, yeah, I like doing that much more, like portraits of people. And I'm trying to expand to chalkboard portraits. Uh, it's more up my alley than like doing text and font work and things like that. Yeah, yeah and I, actually, that's how I think I was introduced to you. Or that's the first time I saw you sketching at La Parada, I believe. You know, just sitting down and as, you know, the still of, of whatever was going on. I thought that was pretty good, especially you know how fast you you remember you know whatever yeah. happened or i don't know how, explain uh explain your your style of sketching you know what what's what's going through your mind is it like a picture that you're trying to capture or? it's kind of like mostly trying to capture an event or it's not really a specific moment in the event because everything happens so fast so it's more mechanical i think about it in technical aspects like i'm gonna draw it from left to right you know so i don't smudge it with my hand and uh do a quick pencil sketch of like the composition uh i kind of I, I do that weird mirror thing with your hands that makes you look like a weird art hipster and stuff. That's well, no, where you make a square with your fingers like this. Oh, okay, like a okay. rectangle, yeah. and then you frame a shot with it. <laughs> yeah. And I do that, and people make fun of me when they see me do it. They, yeah. they do it back at me and shit. <laughs> and uh, it's always funny. But, yeah, I do that, you know, and just have a really technical way about it. But I try to capture the overall vibe of whatever event that I draw or uh, if I draw a band or something like that. Even though I'm drawing, like, one person at a time and they're moving around still, I just kind of, like, capture a pose and just do it as fast as I can. That's awesome, man. So, So here in El Paso, is this the only place you've been doing this or have you done this? in any other places uh i first started i yeah i did the sketching thing since forever um it's kind of weird to say it and stuff uh, because this is the permanent record of the internet but i started doing portraits in jail of all places uh or actually probably like juvie technically but i was in foster care and ran away a lot and yeah i had some rough years for a while but uh, I would draw for food for like commissary in jail or snacks or candy bars or whatever bullshit credits for whatever like uh, in different group homes and stuff. But yeah, so I drew a lot of people that had like weird personal stories and personalities. I drew a killer once and i guess he was like really schizophrenic heard voices was on a lot of meds and went on a killing spree and killed a cop during it and all sorts of shit 
and he was my pinochle partner one day and then he asked me what's to draw. a pinochle partner it, it's like spades but you don't have as many cards you just have like the 10 through ace but it's pretty much like spades like you call how many hands at the beginning and it's really strategic and psychological and shit how long were you locked up for uh overall about five years like uh almost three years in foster care and then uh like 14 months uh locked up but then a few months like probation and stuff in between and then you started doing art here for like what 10 you've been here in el paso since uh 2001 like 15 years yeah and end of february 2001 and then you went to new york for a bit can uh can can you talk about leaving coming back and then maybe even your experience in new york uh and maybe what you see different the same and so all right my experience in new york was terrible uh but not because of new york because when i left el paso i lost my life's work and all my art supplies so i lost like my portfolio all my photographs uh journals just everything and i just had a few things i put online but i didn't put good stuff online because most of the terms and agreements and shit on websites it's like they own all your shit so i you know just like no fuck all that and never put anything up but uh so i grabbed what i had online and i printed it out and that was kind of my portfolio to get like illustration jobs and shit out there and i didn't get as much as i'd like but i didn't really try very hard as depressed but I did go to art shows, you know, occasionally and was really impressed with the art scene out there. Like we have like first Fridays or we might have an art walk, you know, here and there, but they have something that's like 20 times that size, at least every Thursday. And it's not even an event. That's just like their Thursday, you know, and you could go out and try to see everything by like walking into a show, do a 360 turn and walk out and go to the next one. You still would make every show. I know you, you were talking about, uh, I remember one time we were up here talking about, perf- uh, was it like Yoko Ono's artwork or something about garbage? Was that you? Uh, I don't think that was oh, me. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> Fucking, I'm pretty sure it was you though. Um, uh, yeah, besides, besides, been. yeah and I have an opinion on a lot of things. Who, <coughs> who are some of your bigger inspirations, like as artists? Um, anyone your, anyone's style that you're into, or who's some of your? You know? uh, first, whoever designed all the stormtroopers and shit in Star Wars it was probably one of the first things that made me think about visuals and design and stuff like that. And when I was a kid, I wanted to build robots, so I'd draw pictures of that. And then Star Wars, you know, came into my life. And, yeah, I just started drawing, like, more stylistic robots. And then I, it became apparent I could not And then your first um, Chico Underground interview is with Diego Robot. Diego Robot. So robots ruled your life. Uh, how, does that, how does that feel? Robots will rule my life in the future they totally will but anyways uh yeah so influences uh star wars guy uh frank frazetta i used to draw a lot of album covers and george lucas frank frazetta yeah uh and then comic books i got into comics in the 90s like all the guys that started image but when they're still at marvel like todd mcfarlane jim lee mark silvestri all those people and I also got into the Renaissance painters because of the Ninja Turtles. Uh, Turtles. Yeah, I heard they're based on painters, so I looked those guys up, and they're pretty impressive. Oh, that's true, man. I never even thought about that. I know you're also uh, a musician, man. I always hear you jamming out out here, providing us with some good tunes for those late nights. Um, How'd you get into playing music, or have you always been around it? Uh, no, I never, it, it was like sometime in my 20s, I was in college uh, at UTEP, and I got a guitar off the internet, so I had something to do between art projects, Yeah. because sometimes you just need a fucking break, but 
I didn't want to like go jogging or something yeah. lame like that. <laughs> so I got a guitar and that was fun, but I didn't get super into it until I was like 26 or 27. Okay. Uh, a friend of mine, he wanted to start a band and he picked me to be in the band, I guess, because I'm like an all right dude, you know, yeah. and he had bad experiences with bandmates or something. So he wanted somebody that was like, cool to hang out with that he got along with yeah. and they got a hold of me one day and it's like hey do you think you could learn like six songs by friday <laughs> on bass and i'd never played bass before but i had access to one so he showed me the songs and i picked that up and i played bass with him for a few years and cool man and that was my intro to music pretty much you're, so, you're a pretty fast learner huh you could kind of figure it out fairly quickly yeah kind of i'm learning yeah. drums right now i've been learning that for about six weeks because this guy george that was up here earlier oh, yeah, yeah. he's letting me use his drum set you know the i just got to keep all you other people off it nice, <laughs> nice. so so that's all recent the drumming and stuff yeah damn man you could be like a one-man band soon i think hopefully it sounds sounds pretty good because you sing too right a little bit badly <laughs> do you ever think about doing a kurt cobain covers and getting paid for it right. <laughs> i've thought about it yeah yeah cool <laughs> we'll edit that one out then i guess Javier. it seems like a natural no, like scam that i could get into you know you should uh, I've been getting that since I was, uh, since like 1993, people have been saying I look like that dude. And when he died, it was like two weeks of grief counseling afterwards. People would see me in the hallways and give me hugs. Like, I'm sorry. It was like my dad died or something, but I wasn't really that into Nirvana, you know. Like, that was cool and shit. And, but yeah, I didn't need the grief counseling. Do you have any, are you working on anything currently? I know you're working on a comic book or a comic. Yeah, I don't exactly know the nonprofit that initiated it, but I guess uh, like one of the senators, like Texas senators or something, um, like approved this larger initiative to get out the vote. And uh, I don't know the degree of the collaboration or anything, but there's like some sort of official proclamation it all printed out and signed and shit it's all cool but i'm doing a comic book for that uh effort like they're gonna have the, like give out uh popsicles or palettas or you know whatever and uh register people to vote and you know give people a lot of information and you know th so they can be like informed uh voters is and there, stuff is like there that. a date on is there a date official date uh not that i know of i just gotta do my bit as fast as i can now uh, i've got the toughest part done where i do the layout of all the pages and it was particularly challenging because it's like one quarter the size of a regular copy paper so i'm cramming like a bunch of information into like four and a quarter inches by five and a half inches or something and but it's doable and i think it's going to be really cool in the end so you do chalkboard you do sketches you do comic book art you do what else do you, you know, i know you do water do you do watercolor yeah i do watercolor you do acrylic i'm working on prints right now of um like just stuff that's in this area there's a lot of warehouses and kind of looks creepy at night in some of these places and but creepy in a very beautiful way like you'd film the intro to your horror film series here or something and uh yeah i'm drawing some of those and also drawing like more beautiful architecture in like manhattan heights or you know downtown just some of the old buildings uh it's more like i think commercially appealing because i can't sell prints of individuals that nobody knows like if i drew a picture of you and tried to sell prints like maybe a couple people would buy them because you're kind of like a my mom my famous aunt, artist too you know got but, that might want one shit. but it's not like you know if i wanted to sell a lot of something that was a portrait it'd have to be somebody really famous you know like like obama or something 
Tupac, yeah. Al Pacino, Scarface, all that shit. The kids even know Batman. who Tupac is anymore? I don't know. Yeah, they, for sure. The Beatles. Yoko Ono. <laughs> Apparently, you don't remember conversations. But you're, <clears throat> you're, uh, you're pretty, you're pretty I'm out and about, paint. though. You oil paint. Yeah, uh, I haven't been oil painting in years, but Shit. I'm hoping to start doing that. Uh, I airbrush, but I don't have an airbrush. Like, there's a lot of stuff I used to do, but haven't been able to do since I lost all my supplies. Uh, I've done a little tattooing, but not on people. <laughs> Just on that fake skin stuff, I apprenticed for a little bit, a uh, couple times actually. And tattoos. Yeah. You done tattoos? Yeah, but not on people. Just on dogs or yeah, just <laughs> or any. Just like orange peels and uh, fake cool. skin. Cool. Uh, I don't know what that fake skin stuff's called, but it's like a a slab of rubbery type stuff. Yeah, we should introduce our special guest, actually, and I'll go ahead and pass the mic over our friend here. Hey, guys. Yeah, my name is Damien. Damien! Uh, <laughs> I'm a professional chess player who just got actually beaten terribly by, <laughs> by, by Brett Powers. And it was funny because we were... Um, I don't think you were there, but we were doing something at a uh, at Grind Bar, and uh, for some reason, my bandmate and Javi was like, "Hey, hey, bring your chessboard." So I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm fucking down. You know, I want to play chess. I'm always down to play chess." And uh, everyone I played at Grind Bar, like I I ended up winning. Like uh, I was undefeated. So then I come to Glassbox, you know, <laughs> when when Create and Explore was happening, and you know, of course, I see Brett again. And uh, I sit down, and I'm already like a 40 in, you know, like a 40 and a half maybe. And uh, Brett says, hey, I'll play you. And I'm like, okay. And before I can say anything, man, like before the match even starts, he automatically chooses white. Like he chooses white. And I'm I'm not used to that. I heard you're so on a winning streak. I was so. on a winning streak. So he chose white, and um, and that, that first threw me off. And... <laughs> And honestly, if you've ever seen Brett before, if you've ever seen him before and you've hung out with him and you talk to him, you're not thinking this guy knows how to fucking play chess. <laughs> you know, that that's not the kind of image that you get from this guy the first time you see him. So I was like, all right, you know, yeah, let's play, man. So when he turned the tables on me, I was black. I was like, okay, well, this is different, but it's all right. I'm probably going to win anyway. I turned him black. <laughs> I'm probably going to win anyway, but nah, man. Like, I totally underestimated this guy. Felt like a dumbass afterward because he won't let me live it down. Every time he sees me now, that's the first thing he says. Dude, and he brings it up at least, like, two or three times in conversation. And it's only been since Friday. Like, it's just a couple of days. You're always bringing it up. <laughs> like, I... Is there a rebound happening? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, there's definitely. There's definitely. I'm, I'm actually thinking of... Uh, we should webcast it. A, a web... Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of doing a, a chess club, so um, like a, like a weekly chess here. Yeah, that could be the thing, you know. It's an extra feature for people that are fans of the podcast. Yeah, the San Jacinto Chess Club. That's that's pretty epic, honestly. If that were to happen, I'm thinking let's do it. Yeah. So um, when I first met you, do you remember when I first met you? It was either the first time I really remember you was uh, Grind Bar. Really? Yeah. Okay, because I had met you here at Glassbox. Okay. And um, we were talking about, you know, the universe or whatever drunk people, you know, talk about. And, uh, and, and you just came off as a super chill guy. I mean, like, how do you think being an artist has affected you as a person? Like your personality, the way that you think. Like, do you think being an artist has affected you more than you yourself affected you as an artist? It's it's a lifestyle and a, a way of thinking and doing things that's different. Because 
for one, we live in this hyper-capitalist society, and it treats art as a skill that you make money from. You know, you do advertising, or if you can draw as a kid, somebody might talk you into doing architecture when, you know, and try to get you to learn math and shit. Uh, or, like, if you like <laughs> comics, yeah, you know, that. your role is to create intellectual property, which they say is going to be the oil of the future. You know, like, Disney bought Marvel for billions of dollars, and they bought LucasArts for billions of dollars. They're buying up IP, you know, the oil of the future. It's their investment. They're going to fucking milk it for all it's worth. And so that's another avenue to go as an artist. Um but, but, but do you think those options being available to you has altered the way that you've chosen to take your art yourself? Well, yeah, it made chosen. me go more the chosen. opposite way, I think, as an artist and seek out artists that didn't go down that path but tried to change the world or something, you know? Uh like like if you think about the Bible as a book of poetry, you know, those artists uh, mm -hmm. that wrote it, you know, for whatever their agenda might have been, you know, they were successful in changing right. the world. Right. And uh, nowadays our idea of like changing the world with art is getting like 30 million people to watch a Super Bowl commercial mm -hmm. and want to go buy a product all right. at the same time. And, you know, that's a very powerful thing. Or they get, like, uh, Matthew Ferry to do an Obama poster or something. Mm -hmm. Or Shepard Ferry. Yeah, I think I fucked up his name. But <laughs> We actually had this conversation a little while before we, we came up here about the difference between uh, power and influence. Right. You know, uh, you and your art, like, what, like, do you foresee or do you do you intend to chase after any kind of influence? Like what are the people that you're reaching with your art? What's your, like, who are the people you're trying to reach with it? Right now it's business owners because they have more money than the citizens of El Paso. So I'm doing the chalkboard thing. And uh, what I, who I'd like to reach is just different audiences for different messages. Mm -hmm. um, I have a long-term research graphic novel thing that I've been working on. And the people I want to reach with that are evangelical Christians in the United States. Really? So one of the hard things with that is I'm critical of some people that are kind of like sacred cows to them, you know, right. like, like Pat Robertson type people. But, you know, I don't want to like come off, you know, like when I tell somebody about this project mm -hmm. right off the bat, they're like, oh, you're not saying anything bad about Pat Robertson, are you? And then I know <laughs> that they're not going to listen to anything I say after that. So it's really tricky, like putting a candy coating on that pill that I want to feed people. Right. But that's what I really want to do with my art is like reach to an audience that's not, you know, preaching to the choir or something, you know. Yeah, it's but, pre that's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, it just goes to show, man. Sometimes, you know, I know me as a musician, you know, I sometimes, you know, when I write something, I think about the people that I want to reach and I think about something that they would relate to, you know, and try to take my message into that, you know, way. Have you have you in any way like made your art in a way like you're you're making it? to a point where the people that you want to reach are making it more relatable to them or do you think it's easier because you stay true to like your own like intuition it changes a lot uh i take kind of a bruce lee approach to art and styles and content and all of that and uh not really be stuck so you've got to contextualize sort of that You've got to think it, you've got to contextualize that because that could mean a whole bunch of different uh, so things. Bruce Lee has like, this famous dragon, Bruce quote, Lee, or like uh, he has this famous quote. I think it's an interview, you know, and he said like uh, somebody's asking him about uh, his style of martial arts. Is this the water something. one? Yeah, you know, okay. you must be fluid okay. like water. Yeah. yeah. You and put you put water into a, a teapot, it becomes the teapot. You put water into, you know, something else, it becomes that something else. Right. So if I'm doing a project for a client or something, I try to satisfy the needs of the client rather than my own inner artist or something. Because it would be so frustrating if I were trying to satisfy both, you know. Right, exactly. Or if I'm doing something for a political cause, I try to do the piece of artwork that's going to... 
I don't know, communicate a message the best, or I might use a different style to do something that kind of impacts somebody emotionally or intellectually, you know, right uh, stronger, you know. Like, so what you're saying is that no matter what shape you take, you're still you. Right. That's really cool, man. That's, I think everybody can take something from that. So uh, pass the mic back over here. <clears throat> and uh, I guess where, where, uh, where can people find your artwork? Uh, Instagram. AllenPowers.com. Uh, B-R-E-T-T-A-L-L-E-N-P-O-W-E-R-S.com. It's a WordPress site, but I bought the domain, so it doesn't have the .wordpress.com at the end. And uh, makes it look all super professional, I guess. And then um, I also have an Instagram, Powers Brett, uh, a Facebook page. Uh, yeah, I mostly just use those. I, I, I don't really do the social media stuff too much. I have a DeviantArt account, but I haven't posted anything there in years. DeviantArt's and, so 90s, dude. <laughs> right? Do you, have, do you have a live journal too? No. <laughs> I had a MySpace, but they deleted it. No, they deleted it. They they sent an email out saying, if you want all of your blogs and photos and all your fucking MySpace shit, uh, send us an email and let us know. We'll send all of that to you. And then I look at the date, and that was like, they sent that email to me nine months before I read it and shit. You remember MySpace and Top Friends? Yeah. Dude, so much drama. MySpace drama. Remember that. Do you ever have one of your top friends being somebody that? Yes, all the fucking time. Or like, yeah, you're having sex with one of your top friends, you know. But they're not your top friend. Yeah, that my yeah, I was young. Ah, so much drama there. I've known this guy twenty years. He's my best friend. I should be number one. Eighty. I guess the last question, Brett, is uh, what's your favorite word and why? God, this is a really tough question. Uh, I'm going to try to come up with a political answer for this one. So what was the question again? What's your favorite word? So what is my favorite word? What is is? And why? <laughs> I just guess my favorite word is food and why is because if I hear the word food there's usually food and uh, I'm poor as shit I, I quit my job a year ago and been trying to do this art thing and I really need food all the time that starving <laughs> artist thing it's no fucking meh I'm thinking about how I need to go to my mom's right now and go eat some fucking food too so food, food dude it's real yeah, if somebody says food, it's usually, you know, like following, do you want some food? <laughs> yeah. Or, hey, we have some food, or we're going to go get some food, and my ears perk up, and I'm just like, Jesus, I hope they look my way. Food. Cool. So keep that in mind when you see me, guys. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, and uh, thanks for kicking it. Appreciate it. Much love. Yeah. I appreciate you guys, and... uh Thank you. Next upcoming events? Any uh, upcoming events coming up? Uh, just glass box events. I'll post anything that I know of on the on my page. And for myself personally, just uh, keep an eye out for the comic on voting. We're going to print like thousands of them. So there's a good chance people might see them. Cool. Nice.